What's up, beautiful people? Welcome back to the Made to Excel Fitness Podcast, a fitness podcast for you, by you. I'm your host, as always, Mark Torres, and in today's episode, episode number 41, it is training style number six. It's all about the kettlebell today. What is a kettlebell? The history of the training style, programming, uh, pros and cons, should you do it, all those fun things. Let's talk about it all. What's up, y'all? Welcome to the show. It is Monday, December 14th. Welcome to the Made to Excel Fitness Podcast. Uh, the year's flying by. December. We're halfway through it, right? 2020 is the weirdest year in global history ever, but we're almost through it. Um, it feels like it flew by in a lot of aspects. Uh, it also feels like it dragged in a lot of aspects, but we're here. We're still trucking. Um, the tentative plan right now for this particular podcast is today's episode is Training Style 6 out of seven. So I've got one more after this, uh, which will take me to episode 42. And that will come out on the 21st of December. Um, And I talked about potentially taking a break a couple episodes back. um, But there's only one more week in December. And it's the final week of December. um, So I might as well on the 28th of December will be uh, possibly and probably the conclusion of season one of the Made to Excel Fitness podcast. No, 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 that'll most likely be a new year's resolution episode. And like I said, all these things are subject to change because I'm just winging it on a week to week basis. I could potentially change. I could change my mind. But as of right now, three more episodes, uh, including this one uh, of the made to excel in his podcast for season one. So training style number six today, training style number seven next week. And the following week after that new year's resolution episode, Call it a wrap. 43 episodes is a weird episode number to leave on, but it is what it is. It feels like a good stopping point um, to go into 2021, take a couple weeks off. I'm going to still make some new videos, but they will be shorter videos, put them on YouTube, um, go through some of my older videos, post things that I think are still plenty um, necessary to know now, maybe post some things that I didn't get to post the first time around. So I'll still be around. I'll still be posting. Maybe not as much, but take a little bit of a break, regroup, refocus, come up with some new ideas for the next iteration of the Made to Excel Fitness podcast. And uh, yeah, that's it. That's kind of the overall plan for right now. Like I said, that could possibly change, but just so you guys are aware. And then getting into the festive season, obviously we are getting very close. Uh, We have like two-ish, two and a half-ish weeks till Christmas, which is wild to think about. Um, If for some of you guys out there, hopefully your Christmas shopping is done or close to being done, but I know there's some slackers out there who are waiting till the very last minute. And for some of you guys out there, if you're needing inspiration, not that I'm a gift giving wizard in any sort of way, shape or form, but maybe if I can give you guys any sort of inspiration is to think about practicality over the wow factor. as a child, Christmas is all about the wow factor. You want to uh, have the coolest gift in all the land, the coolest toy, the coolest video game console, um, the coolest whatever is at that moment. Uh, so you can share it with your friends, you can show off to your friends, make your friends jealous. But as you get older, those things matter less, of course, um, and your priorities begin to change. So one thing that I've noticed over the past couple years of my life is practical gifts over wow factor gifts um, are just as important, right? Um, 
in terms of like last year, one of the gifts that I got last year was a book bag. As a child, if you got a book bag, you'd be like, what am I supposed to do with this? I don't like going to school, so I don't want a book bag, right? So as a child, it's the gift that doesn't make sense. But as an adult, that is how I take stuff to work. That is how I move around. Um, over the past year, since I got it last year, Christmas 2019, it's about to be Christmas 2020. Over the course of 365 days, I probably used that book bag 300 out of those days, which is an insane amount in terms of practicality. That is a Christmas gift that I have used and used and used time and time again. It has been so useful in my life. Same thing. I got a water bottle. It wasn't for Christmas. It was for my birthday, but I got a water bottle. If I'm carrying my book bag, I probably have my water bottle. I take that water bottle to work. I take that water bottle when I'm traveling around. When I go to my girlfriend's house, I use that thing all the time. If you get a water bottle as a child, you'd be like, what am I supposed to do with this? I don't like water. Can I have a soda bottle? Yeah, no, that doesn't exist. But having a water bottle in my life, practically speaking, has been an absolute game changer, right? Something that's uh, easy to carry around, something that's easy to fill. These are all things, if you're going forward and you're trying to find gifts for people, trying to find things that are practical, maybe not, uh, if you can't figure out the wow factor, go for practicality, right? I've gotten jackets, I've gotten rain jackets, I've gotten sweaters. These are all things that I use all the time in terms of practicality's sake. Um, just the absolute best presents that I could possibly get. So if you're struggling getting gifts, maybe think about that practicality over the wow factor. Uh, and last but not least, getting into the festive season, I've leaned super hard into it over the past couple of weeks because we're there. This is the home stretch, right? A couple more weeks, Christmas happens, New Year's, 2021, bang, right? That beginning part of the year for every single year is like a huge, massive dead zone. There's nothing to be excited about in terms of holidays. There's no seasonal ambiance when it comes to holidays that is gone right from september to the end of december there's just nothing but seasonal ambiance and holidays um that's all gone in january so leaning into it really hard trying to watch as much christmas related stuff as i can drinking lots of hot chocolate under some blankets as i can um and the one thing that i did watch over the past couple weeks that i think you guys might enjoy is this documentary series on netflix called the holiday movies that made us which is just a behind the scenes look into elf is the first episode and nightmare before christmas is the second episode i thought the elf episode was amazing the nightmare before christmas episode was good uh i enjoyed the elf one better but your miles may vary um it's just a behind the scenes look as to how these movies were made the inspiration behind them the whole process all that fun stuff so if you like behind the scenes stuff it's right up your alley if you like christmas also right up your alley so if you're looking for something to watch uh this weekend or this upcoming week um, as we go forward, as we get closer and closer to Christmas, that might be a really good option for you. But that wraps up the introduction for the show. Let's get into training style number six of the training styles of the Made to Excel Fitness podcast. It's all about the kettlebell. Welcome to training style number six in the training style series of the Made to Excel Fitness podcast. This is the kettlebell episode, as you probably heard in the introduction. Um, this is the second to last training style that I'll talk about on this podcast. Uh, if for some reason um, something inspires me in the next couple episodes or in the next couple weeks while I record and edit these episodes, then I might do an eighth or a ninth training style. But seven is all I have planned out for. So this is number six. We're in the home stretch. Um, 
just this one and one more for training styles as of right now uh this is always subject to change i'm always just winging it i'm on the fly when it comes to this podcast uh you know that's kind of how this thing goes so um hopefully you guys got lots of good information you learn about lots of different training styles over the past couple months really um of course took some breaks in the middle there's three non-trading style uh, episodes in the middle there but it is what it is um, hopefully throughout the last six including this one and then seven including the next one you get lots of good information that is going to help you find a training style that you really enjoy doing that you can do for a long time that will help your fitness journey uh, be as enjoyable as possible so same format as always right tell you a little bit of history about the kettlebell the training style, the programming, the pros and cons, all that fun stuff. Um, as I pull up the Wikipedia page here, I will forewarn you guys, there's lots of foreign words here that I will inevitably completely mess up. So that's just your uh, warning for the episode. So getting into the Wikipedia page of what a kettlebell is, and this is going to be a weird sort of episode where this is a training style, but also just a piece of equipment. Um, so there are things that are very specific and non-specific, and that probably doesn't make sense to you until you hear it, but we'll get into that later. So kettlebell, the kettlebell is a cast iron or cast steel ball with a handle attached to the top resembling a cannonball with a handle. It is used to perform many types of exercises, including ballistic exercises that combine cardiovascular strength and flexibility training. They are also the primary equipment used in the weightlifting sport of kettlebell lifting. Uh, history, the Russian gyria, which I, one of those words that I'm going to completely butcher, was a type of metal weight primarily used to weigh crops in the 18th century. The use of such weights by circus strongmen is recorded for the 19th century. They began to be used for recreational and competition strength athletics in Russia and Europe in the late 19th century. The birth of competitive kettlebell lifting, or not even going to attempt that word, is dated to 1885 with the founding of the Circle for Amateur Athletics. Uh, the Russian gyria are traditionally measured in the weight by pood, corresponding to 16.38 kilograms or 36.1 pounds. The English term kettlebell has been used in use since the early 20th century. Similar weights in classical Greece were the halteri, <laughs> comparable to the modern kettlebell in terms of movement. Uh, the shape, unlike traditional dumbbells, a kettlebell center of mass is extended beyond the hand, similar to Indian clubs or ishisashi. Uh, the facilities, or this facilitates ballistic and swinging movements. Variants of the kettlebell include bags filled with sand, water, or steel shot. Uh, the kettlebell al allows for swing movements and release releases moves with added safety and added grip, wrist, arm, or, and core strengthening. The weight of a kettlebell is not distributed evenly, thus the unique shape of a kettlebell provides the unstable force for handling, key for the effectiveness of kettlebell exercises. The parts of the kettlebell can be broken down into the handle, the corners, the horns, the window, the bell, and the base. Um, by their nature, typical kettlebell exercises build strength and endurance, particularly in the lower back, legs, and shoulders, and increase grip strength. The basic movements such as the swing, snatch, and clean and jerk engage the entire body at once and in a way that mimics real-world activities such as shoveling or farm work. So that's a really cool way that they uh, kind of attached what a kettlebell movement could, you know, translate over into the real world in terms of functional um, exercise, in terms of functional training that I talked about in the CrossFit episode, and I talked about a little bit in the Strongman episode as well. Unlike the exercises with dumbbells or barbells, kettlebell exercises involve large numbers of repetitions in the sport and can also involve large reps in normal training. 
Kettlebell exercises are in their nature holistic, therefore they work several muscles simultaneously and may be repeated continuously for several minutes or with short breaks. The combination makes the exercises particularly aerobic and more similar to high-intensity interval training rather than to traditional weightlifting. In a 2010 study, kettlebell enthusiasts performed a 20-minute snatch workout where measured to burn on average 13.6 calories per minute aerobically and 6.6 calories per minute anaerobically during their entire workout, equivalent to running a six-minute mile pace. When training with high repetitions, kettlebell progression should start out slowly to build more muscular endurance and support the joints and prevent injury. Like movements performed with any exercise tool, they can be dangerous to those who have back or shoulder problems or a weak core when performed without proper education and progression. However, if done properly, they are very beneficial to health. They can offer improved mobility, range of motion, agility, cardiovascular endurance, mental toughness, and increased strength. Uh, and then... Uh, and then it goes into variation. So we, we're not going to go into that for today's episode. So um, that was a lot of good information there. Um, so the kettlebell, as you can tell, is very advantageous in many different ways. We're going to kind of get into that um, here. Um, but really, all the kettlebell is, is just a different piece of equipment that you can use. So in terms of a dumbbell, where they talk about the center of gravity being away from your hand, in terms of a dumbbell, you're obviously holding it. The center of gravity uh, is in or around your hand versus in a kettlebell, it's away from your hand, right? So you're grabbing onto the grip and the kettlebell somewhere down here, depending on obviously how you're holding it, depending on the exercise that you're doing, the center of gravity uh, and the weight is away from your hand. So that kind of kind of changes the exercises and the outcome of the exercises um, as it goes forward. So getting into specific lifts, are there any specific lifts as it pertains to a kettlebell? Yes, absolutely. The kettlebell swing is the most uh, unique lift out there when it comes to the kettlebells. You can still do snatches, you can do clean and jerks and things of that nature um, with the kettlebell as well, but that's not necessarily unique to kettlebells. Um, kettlebell swing is 100% unique to the kettlebell community. And you can do swings with dumbbells as well, but it's not the same. It's kind of just mimicking that movement. Um, but even within the kettlebell swing, there's different variations of it, right? There's the American kettlebell swing and there's the Russian kettlebell swing. For most of you guys that have performed kettlebell swings, you've probably done the Russian variation, which is pretty much just bringing um, the kettlebell up to about eye level. Um, and the American Russian swing or the American kettlebell swing, you swing the kettlebell and you bring it all the way up over your head. So that is in line with your entire torso. So two different variations. Um, most of you guys probably do the Russian swing. Uh, the American swing, most people typically, some people will do it, um, but I would kind of guess that they're not doing it for any specific way, for any specific reason, just because they think that's how that, that's how that movement should be done. Um, there is no kind of tactfulness. Um, I don't know if that's, I might've just made up that word, but there's no intention when they do the movement. That's just kind of how they think that the, uh, uh, the movement should be done. So, um, and in terms of the kettlebell swing, this is one of those exercises that gets butchered a decent amount because whenever you're doing a kettlebell swing, it really is a dynamic movement where you're trying to per perform as much uh, uh, hip explosion as you possibly can, right? So when you do the kettlebell swing, your hip should explode forward um, and that will move the kettlebell by itself, right? You shouldn't be lifting the kettlebell with your shoulders. Uh, that kettlebell should almost be weightless at the top of the movement until it comes down and then you do it again. A lot of people will swing a little bit, a little bit of hip power, but they're kind of raising it with their shoulders and it becomes an arm workout and that's not the intention of the kettlebell swing. Um, that just turns into a front shoulder raise, which you could do with dumbbells. So something that people um, kind of 
mess up pretty often, but it's just like one little tweak. Like once you figure out that you have to initiate the movement with your hips, everything kind of gets better from there. Uh, and in terms of you can still do in terms of different swing variations you can do a single kettlebell swing uh, with one hand you can do a single kettlebell swing with both hands you can do a double kettlebell swing you can do it inside your legs or outside your legs right there's a bunch of different variations of the kettlebell swing as it pertains to specific lifts for the kettlebell community yes the swing and all its variations um, is a specific lift for the kettlebell the training style it is a good blend of strength power muscle cardio and ballistic training and when i looked up ballistic training all it is because i was like what is exactly ballistic training I, this has it in the wikipedia page a bunch of times but it's just your body's ability to create maximum power in a short amount of time in a specific range of motion so it's just explosiveness um and you know in, in terms of like just there's no particular emphasis when it comes to um training with a kettlebell it's a little bit of a blend of everything um and a good part of cardio, right? This is going to be super cardio heavy compared to kind of these other training styles that I'll talk about. Um, but there's not one particular focus. It's kind of a good blend of everything. Uh, in terms of programming, totally depends on your goal. This is kind of where I talk about with the kettlebell being a piece of equipment and not technically specifically a training style. This is where things can get very specific or very non-specific. You can use the kettlebell as just an external weight and you can do something that's very akin to a bodybuilding style program where you're doing kind of straight sets and reps. Um, you're doing compound lifts and you're doing isolation lifts. You can use the kettlebell as just a piece of equipment or you can use the kettlebell to do some of these ballistic movements um, to do kind of an overall combination of training, right? You can implement this into CrossFit. You can implement this into maybe not Olympic weightlifting because that's very bar heavy, but um, powerlifting, right? If you don't have a barbell, but you have one heavy, heavy kettlebell, you can do a lot of these compound lifts. Maybe not a bench press. That's kind of a weird one with a kettlebell, but you can absolutely squat a heavy uh, or squat a heavy um, kettlebell doing a goblet squat. And you can absolutely deadlift a heavy kettlebell um, doing a kettlebell deadlift, right? So you can kind of mimic any sort of training style that you want when it pertains to having a kettlebell, uh, depending on how you want to implement the piece of equipment going forward, depending on your goals. So there's a bit of a, a gray area there. Um, <clears throat> So we're going to get into the pros and cons of using a kettlebell. So pro number one is you can do what is called a kettlebell flow. So if you're a person who gets bored very easily, you kind of, um, your mind wanders in the gym because you're doing just these straight sets and reps. Like I've got chest press for three sets of 10 um, and that kind of bores you. You can do something like a kettlebell flow and a kettlebell flow all it is is two or more exercises that you pair up back to back to back to back to back, doing one, typically one rep of each, um, all in unison, all at the same time. Um, so let's say you do a kettlebell swing with a kettlebell clean, with a kettlebell squat, with a kettlebell reverse lunge, right? And you do that uh, back to back to back, each one rep. That's one rep for the entire flow, and you keep doing that for whatever prescribed period of time that you want to do it, or however many reps you want to do it. So. I guess one way to think about what a kettlebell flow is, is um, I just finished watching season two of Cobra Kai, and I'm not going to spoil anything for you guys, but Cobra Kai karate is very much so fighting style. It's very straightforward. It's very kind of no nonsense. Uh, we just want to rip your head off. Um, but when you look at Daniel LaRusso and his Miyagi-Do karate, it's very defensive, but when they perform 
their version of karate it's very dancey it's very flowy right so it's they're both karate but it's different iterations of karate um one is very straightforward one is a little bit dancey and flowy so in terms of like bodybuilding or powerlifting being very straightforward you can do a kettlebell flow that's maybe not dancey that's not kind of the correct word for it but it's a little bit more fluid um and that's kind of the point of a flow is to have that kind of fluidity if you enjoy something like that and you get bored very easily and you want to do more of a flow and kind of do a bunch of things together that is absolutely at your will and at your exposal uh at your disposal i <laughs> just make up words sometimes on this podcast at your disposal if you wanted to do that um with a kettlebell uh Pro number two is you can do swinging exercises. We talked about this or ad nauseum already in this podcast episode. Kettlebells are made for swinging. So if for some reason um, you want to do some sort of swinging exercise, but you don't have, well, if you want to do some sort of swinging exercise, you have to do, uh, you have to use a kettlebell. You can use a dumbbell as well, um, but it's a lot harder to hold on to, right? A kettlebell is ergonomically made to swing. Um, and essentially what this allows you to do is it allows you to create maximal hip power hip explosion if you're an athlete or you kind of just want to have a general better athletic ability you can absolutely do swinging exercises with a kettlebell that will help you and kind of translate over to that kind of um, outcome of fitness right so if you want to be a little bit more explosive you want to be a little bit more powerful especially with your hips doing a swing which is obviously what you need a kettlebell for, is going to be really helpful in that aspect. And you can kind of do that in something like Olympic weightlifting or CrossFit, but there's kind of other aspects to those fitness uh, training styles as well that kind of maybe get lost in the shuffle a little bit. So if you want to have explosive hip power, doing something like a swing with a kettlebell could be really useful. Uh, pro number three is you can train in different planes of movement. And when I talk about different planes of movement, there's pretty much three main ones. Um, the first plane of movement is the sagittal plane. It's backwards and forwards. 95 probably percent of all the exercises that you do in the gym are probably done in the sagittal plane. You're doing something that's directly in front of you or directly behind you, right? A dumbbell bicep curl is directly in front of you, straight back and forth or just straight forward in this particular situation. It's directly out in front of you. The plane of movement is directly uh, in front. Um, something like a reverse lunge, it's behind you, but it's still in the sagittal plane. It works in this general direction if you're watching on YouTube. Um, not in this general direction, in this direction. Um, but in terms of like the frontal plane, which is essentially side to side, um, not many people are doing kind of these lateral movements in the gym. It doesn't happen very often. Um, in terms of like lateral lunges, that's something that some people can do. But for the most part, not many people are just doing... Um, you know frontal plane movements but that's something that you can absolutely do with a kettlebell more so than in other training styles uh, and in terms of the transverse plane that is kind of cutting your body in half and doing more rotating stuff very rarely in the gym are you doing rotating exercises uh maybe you're rushing twist every once in a while but that's kind of the only thing that i see people doing unless you have like one of those um oblique twist machines like that's in the transverse plane but not many people are just doing anything outside of those two things, but you can absolutely do different exercises in different planes of motion with a kettlebell that you wouldn't do otherwise with a dumbbell or barbell um, or any other training implement that you have. Um, you know, So that's one of the things that's kind of lacking in a lot of people's training is getting out of just 
purely sagittal plane movements where you're moving backwards and forwards, move side to side every once in a while, rotate every once in a while, that'll make you have a better balanced body uh, that performs as best as you possibly can going forward. So uh, it's easier with a kettlebell to move in these different planes than with other training uh, pieces of equipment. So if that's something that's of interest to you, kettlebell is the way to go. Uh, pro number four, it is very home friendly to have a kettlebell. Um, in terms of the actual imprint of a kettlebell, when I talk about imprint, I talk about like, I mean, you know, how much room it takes. Kettlebell's this big. It's not very big at all, depending on what size kettlebell you get. They're pretty tiny. Um, in terms of like, if you wanted to have a home gym, but you don't have a lot of space, a kettlebell is a really good way to go, right? It doesn't take up much space at all. In terms of dumbbells, unless you get an adjustable dumbbell, you're probably going to need a couple sets of dumbbells. You're probably going to need uh, maybe one of those, you know, bars of dumbbells and just plates that you can add onto it to make it adjustable. Unless you have a Bowflex dumbbell or a power block dumbbell that is just one singular dumbbell that changes in weight, you're probably going to need different, a good decent amount of different weights as it pertains to having a dumbbell. If you have a barbell, that's even longer, right? The barbell's I don't know, six, seven feet long or wide, I should say, that's going to take up space. And then you got to get plates for that as well. And then you maybe have to get a bench and maybe a power rack and a platform, whatever. This stuff starts to take up a ton of space. In terms of kettlebells, it's this big, right? It's the size of a, a decent size, what, cantaloupe, I guess, um, depending on if you get a heavier one. Um, so in terms of like having enough weight in order to be worth your while, most people will say if you have one really light pair, one medium pair, uh, and one heavy pair, that's still six kettlebells, which is kind of a lot. Uh, maybe just one of each, whatever. Um, maybe three or six, depending on if you have a pair or if you have singles. Um, that's either three or six kettlebells that you need in total, in totality, in order to be really effective when it comes to kettlebell training. That's not going to take up a lot of space in your home. So if you have a really limited amount of space that you can use, kettlebell is a good place to start see how that goes. And then if you want to expand from there, obviously you have the choice to expand if that is within your budget. Um, and pro number five, it is very cardio heavy. As it pertains to all five training styles before this, not a lot of them were very cardio heavy in terms of, um, well, maybe CrossFit is a little bit cardio heavy because of the nature of some of the workouts, but uh, kettlebell training, you're doing these dynamic workouts, these ballistic workouts. Uh, you maybe do a flow, like I talked about a couple minutes ago, uh, that is just back to back to back. It's basically a big superset. These are very cardiovascularly taxing. You're going to up your heart rate. Like I said in the Wikipedia page, um, I don't know the specifics, but whatever trainings that they did, the snatch workout for 20 minutes was like running a six minute mile, right? If you're a person who is very satisfied with the way that your um, weightlifting program is set up, you're very satisfied with the exercises that you do, but you're worried about how much cardio you're performing, a kettlebell might be a good way to go, right? A good blend of everything. You get a lot of cardio, but you still get strength. You still get muscle, muscle. Uh, you still get muscle building properties, right? Um, it's a good blend of everything. So if cardio is kind of uh, a concern for you, that's definitely a way to go. Uh, last but not least, cons. Uh, with kettlebell training, you can absolutely become a jack of all trades, but master of none. Um, there's so many different moving parts when it comes to kettlebell training. It's all about being more explosive. It's all about being stronger. It's all about being uh, or building more muscle. It's all about getting more cardiovascularly fit. Uh, these are all great aspects to put all together. But 
if you're not focusing on one over the other, you maybe get a little bit of all of them, but not a lot of one of them. So if you have a big emphasis on building muscle, you probably won't build a lot of muscle uh, on a kettlebell workout versus like more of a dumbbell centered workout, whether it be bodybuilding, powerlifting, um, strongman, whatever. Um, you know, you, you might miss out on some of the overall gains in any one of those areas because you're kind of just kind of dabbling in everything altogether. So if you have a very specific goal, um, kettlebell training might kind of borrow your attention from other places uh, and kind of make it hard to really single in on that one particular goal. Um, you know, so you become kind of a jack of all trades, master of none. If you have a specific goal and the kettlebell doesn't fit that specific goal, then it might not be worth your while. And con number two is you may need a few sets of kettlebells. And I talked about this in the pros with kettlebells being very home friendly. They don't take up a lot of space. But if you are on a budget, kettlebells are not the cheapest thing on the planet. Um, you can get a decently cheap set of three kettlebells that are typically 5, 10, 15, or 20 pounds, depending. Um, those are not too bad. But if you're getting to be really strong, if you're a strong person, that might not cut it. You might need heavier dumbbells or heavier kettlebells, um, which means more money, right? Uh, one single kettlebell, a heavy one, is probably 50, 60, 70, 80 dollars, depending on where you're getting them. Um, Bowflex does sell a adjustable kettlebell, but it is almost 200 dollars. If you don't have $200 to spend, then you're going to need uh, to kind of get creative with it and try to find some different variations of sizes of kettlebells and weights uh, to kind of facilitate, um, you know, your training program as it goes forward. Uh, if you have nothing but a five-pound kettlebell, it's probably not going to be enough uh, to stimulate any sort of fitness progress. It's not enough weight in order to challenge your body. Um you know, so you may need a couple sets of kettlebells. It's not going to take up a lot of space. Like I said, it's the imprint uh, on the space that it takes is very small, but it can be a pricey imprint. Um, you can very easily get into the weeds of spending hundreds of dollars in kettlebells. Um, like I said, if you have one really light one, one medium one, one heavy one, that's a good place to start. Realistically, having sets of all those would be ideal, uh, but that just might not be in your budget. So if you can start off slowly, if you can start off, you know, building your kettlebell collection as you go, that's probably the best way to go. Um, that way you can start to make progress, but also not break the bank. So that about wraps up the kettlebell edition of the training styles. Training style number six, um, good blend of everything. You're not going to maybe make all the progress in one uh, area or the other because you're just, you know, you're spread out over so many things. Um, ballistic training, if you want to be more powerful, especially with the hips, the hips in the swing, uh, you know, that's kind of the main focus of that one particular movement. If for some reason you want to be more powerful with your hips, kettlebells are the way to go. Very home friendly, but could also be costly going forward, depending on your budget. Hopefully that all made sense. Hopefully you got some good information in there. Uh, we're wrapping it up. Training style number six in the books. One more to go unless something changes, which it very well might, very well could. Uh, but we shall see. Hopefully you enjoyed today's podcast episode. Uh, I'll see you guys in the next one. Peace. 
Thanks for listening to the Made to Excel Fitness Podcast, the fitness podcast for you, by you. Hopefully you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, consider hitting the subscribe button wherever you're watching or listening on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your favorite podcasts. New episodes come out every single Monday morning. So hitting the subscribe button ensures that you don't miss out on any new episodes. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, if you feel so inclined, please leave a five-star review. It helps others find the show. If you're on YouTube, leave a comment, leave a thumbs up, hit the little bell, lets you know when new videos come out. Follow me on social media, on Instagram at MTEFit, on Facebook at made to excel fitness Email me at made to excel fitness at gmail.com. Let me know if there's anything that you guys want me to discuss on the show. It is, in fact, the fitness podcast that is for you, by you. I appreciate every single one of you guys that takes the time to listen to me on your Monday morning, wherever you are. I appreciate you all. Thanks for listening. What's up, Mark? How you doing, man? Hunter Henry, LA Charger tight end. Uh, best big time shout out to your uh, fitness podcast, the Made to Excel Fitness Podcast. So um, super cool, man. Got a lot going on. Bolt ganger, don't bang.